Welcome back to Bustle Brain Fantasy Lacrosse at Work. So starting off with attack, my original rankings weren't too far off, but uh, I think there were a couple misses that, you know, there's still time to play. It's only the second week, but because of this bye week, I decided to review my original rankings. Um, I had Pinnell at number four originally. He's the number one right now. He, he has three games played, which kind of leans in his favor, uh, but he leads the league right now in goals and points in general, so... You know, had had to kind of give it to him. Up next is Lyle Thompson. I had him at fifth. Uh, definitely saw him moving up in my rankings. I couldn't imagine him being less than fifth. But I was pretty uh, pretty solid about how the other guys ahead of him were going to do. Um, you know, not too far off with uh, guys like Zed Williams. Zed Williams I had at two. He is at number about like three right now, but he only has two games played. He's got ten goals in two games. It's pretty outstanding. And I had Grant Ment at three um, with him. He's only got two games played. He's got a ton of points. He looks really good. He's the only consistent one of that Arch- Archer's offense. So I think that top four I had pretty locked down, but it's surprising that my number one, Matt Rambo, is actually a bit of a miss right now. He's not horrible, but he's not you know your first overall pick, which to me I thought he was. But you know you could see it last year in that 2020 season where you were like oh wow it's like a bit of a dip but they still won the championship and Zed Williams looks really good and this year that dip just kind of became his new level so they win games and whatnot so I don't I guess it doesn't matter all too much but someone who came up kind of out of nowhere specifically off of last weekend was Ryan Brown coming from the Atlas going to the Water Dogs I didn't even have him ranked uh to be honest you know anyone on that Atlas team is kind of hard to put anywhere or really review just because that team in general is just not the greatest um so overall i believe um i believe that brown you know seems like he can keep doing it but it's only one weekend so i put him at five for now but you know two weeks in at most three games played for most of these guys it's hard to kind of tell where we are so far another guy who i thought was a bit of a miss is my uh michael sowers I had Sowers at number six. He's currently on the IR, so I wouldn't really put him down as a miss, but he's not a hit either, just because of the injury. And then Justin Gutterding I had at nine right now. I think he's got like two goals over whatever amount of games played he has. He's definitely been a miss, um, especially with other guys being hurt and stuff like that with the uh, with Wolf being hurt, you know, you would like to see him do a little bit more. He was third in the PLL in 2019, top 10 in 2020. I guess that was a downward trend. I thought he was he was going to stay right about that. But moving on to midfielders, everyone else was pretty much good for attack. Uh, nothing super crazy. Some guys moving to midfield. Some guys actually picking up long poles. So interesting to see. So some guys that, you know, I kind of missed on my number one dude right now is Miles Jones. I didn't expect them to use Miles Jones in the fashion that he did. He's definitely a distributor more than he is the two-point goal scorer that he is right now. I had him at number eight. I currently, he's pretty close. He's, if not close to number one, he is number one. Paul Rabel I had at five. He's doing extremely well. Started off the season very well and has just continued since then. He's got he, I had him at five. He's currently about number two. And then Jules Henningberg is right now about the three. He looks really consistent at that midfielder spot. I didn't even know he was really going to play midfield. I knew that they had a, 
a bunch of attackmen that they need to find something to do with them. Like guys like I mean, adding Pinnell, you have and then you add um, Ryan Lee. You still have Matt Cav. You still have Ryder Garnsey. You still have Jules Henningberg. So that's five attackmen. You only have three spots. If Riders and Jules, especially Jules, in my opinion, are guys who you have to have on the field if you're the um, the Redwoods. But I had him at number 10 for attack. I guess he, I might have had him a little bit higher for midfield. I can't say anything because I didn't have him there, though. And he's number three right now, at least when it comes down to fantasy purposes. And now someone who I didn't have ranked, who's at my number four currently, is uh, Mikey Schlosser. Uh, mainly due because of this one good weekend last weekend. From the water jugs in general, but him specifically, I think he had five goals the week in the weekend. I think like six or seven points. So really good weekend out of him. I didn't even have him ranked. Really didn't even know who he was. Played for the Outlaws before coming into the PLL. So good to see him, you know, come out well. I like the water dogs. So shout out to them for finding a guy. Hopefully he stays consistent. Though we'll see how consistent he can be. And then at five, Dane Smith. Always a huge Dane Smith fan. Dane Smith is my fucking boy. Um, particularly with him, I had him at 10. Uh, he's about number 5. He does really well on the line that he plays with for midfield. Uh, with the Chaos, Chaos are overall aren't really doing well, but Dane Smith is definitely that guy who you can consistently rely on. I think my misses right now aren't really like misses, but they're not great either. So Schreiber and Chani, I had him as had them as my one and two. Schreiber, I thought it was easy. Chani, I thought it, you know, he had a dip in 2020, but still was third amongst midfielders. So I had to feel pretty confident about it. Again, only two weeks in at most three games played, but they're the ones that were they were my one slash two. They're currently tied for ninth in um, midfielder points. So we'll see how that continues. Um, Schreiber, I would like to see get better at getting assist by running the offense through him at the at the midfield coming down and then I meant you know running it from behind coming up but we'll see what happens uh, I still have faith in both of them especially Chan and Chuck being on the whip snakes that team never never really fails in doing anything and then the other missed I think I had was Brian Costabile I had him at six he currently only has four points through I believe is three games. Um, he's got two goals. I thought that he was going to have a little bit more, you know, without Grant Amends. I thought he, he was going to be the rookie of the year, but so far not. Still early in the season, though. Another one I had was John Haas. <clears throat> Good attacking um, goal and a assist balance, but three points through two, uh, two games played, you know, Still, I, I, I'm not going to give up on him just yet, but uh, it's it's not looking great so far with that pick. And then Ned Crotty was definitely my biggest miss. I had him at three. He missed the entire 2020. I expected him to bounce back. I don't even know if he's played yet. He's got zero points. So tough one for that. Really thought that he was going to be better. In particular with goaltenders, number one was easy. Blaze Reardon, he is number one. Uh, I had Morocco at seven just because I I wasn't sure who was going to play. So it's it's tough to give someone, you know, the the go when you're really not even sure if they're going to be the starter day one. He ended up being the starter day one. And he ended up actually doing really well for himself. It was between him and Stover and 
honestly, they gave Stover a little bit more publicity than they did to Morocco. So that's why I kind of lean towards Stover. But Morocco's came in. He's done really well. And he was definitely a great um, waiver wire pickup if you if you were able to get him. Next is Tim Trout. And I have him at three here. I really had him at like a more like a tie for three than I did a four. But I put him at four just as a flip of a coin. Um, you know, he does really well. His his um what's the word for it? Uh the amount of stuff that he gets shots on net wise isn't the highest, so that's why I kind of leaned away from him just a little bit. But his save percentage was always there. So far he's doing, you know, really well. Got good amount of saves, good amount good uh save percentage. So I like him where he is. Next we have Burnlor. Burnlor started off the first game pretty tough and then that second game, he was absolutely fucking outstanding. So that's that's why Burnlaw right now is sitting right where about where he is. He's at four on this list. He's two on my original list. So we'll see how that continues throughout the season. And then Adam Gittleman, who I had at five. Although I I knew that if Gittleman took the reins all by himself, that he could possibly be. Honestly, I think I believe when I went back to it, I think I said that he could have been the top two top three goaltender but i don't think anyone's better than blaze rudin so i i really did believe that gittleman could have came in when he plays he's got like an 80 80 save percentage it's just the it's the amount of workload that he gets that leans me away from him giving him like the reins right now or moving him up in this list just because for some fucking reason they still want to put drew adams in even though it's obvious that adam gittleman is the fucking guy and then one of my misses is Concanon. I had him at three, like the tie for three, like I said before with Tim Troutner. Uh, 2020, 138 saves, 53%. Last uh, season, he had 69 saves, 57%. This season, he has not been the same. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, He's always struggled from a little bit further out. He's always been great at stick matching. Maybe that's something that teams have picked up on and really been able to... Um, penalize them and get that going but would like to see Concanon bounce back I still have kind of faith in that team uh they beat the Redwoods which is a good lacrosse club um you know still got to see what they're made out of though and with the face-off man so uh, TD Erlen right now I'm gonna give him the one he's got the best percentage and I think he has the most um the most wins like at the face-off acts in general uh, he's done really well, especially against some decent competition. Uh, unless you're playing with points, then Joe Nardella, I think, is probably your one. I had TD Ireland at five. I had Joe Nardella at one. I believed in TD Ireland, but I didn't really expect him to come out and play the way that he did. Although the first game he played against Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly hasn't really had a great last season or this season so far. He was actually taken out, and his replacement hasn't been all too much better. So tough to see. Uh, and then next we have Jake Withers at three for the current list. I had him at eight just because I really wasn't sure if he was going to take it, take the faceoff X all by himself, if he was going to split it. Um, little did I know that Simino had gone to the cannons. So Jake Withers, it was all up for him. He's done really fucking well. He averaged a 58%. Withers, uh, Simino was a 55%. So Withers is continuing that. 58% even without the split. Next, we have Stephen Kelly, a PLL career below 50%. Uh, 
although he had one game which really pushed pushed him over the edge. Again, small sample size, that's so tough to tell if it's going to last. But he was able to hit like a 70-something percentage in one game. He really dominated. That helped him out a lot. I had him at 7, but he's definitely been top 5 throughout the season. And then Trevor Baptiste, I had him at 2. He's currently about 5. He went about 500 against TD Erland. TD Erland, again, went about 500 against Trevor Baptiste. So those two are more or less the same. I believe the only reason why I'd go TD Erland over Trevor Baptiste in the head-to-head matchup is just because he did have that one extra win, TD Erland, and he and Trevor Baptiste had a couple of violations. So just tough to see right there. Um, nothing too dramatic. Honestly, nothing that really splits these top five apart dramatically so far. Uh, we'll see as the year goes by. You know, TD Erlin, I think someone you can lean on. Nardella, I think someone you can uh, lean on. Those are definitely your top two. And then after that, I don't mind the top th- the rest three. Stephen Kelly, I still am kind of wishy-washy about believing in just yet. But I think Trevor Baptiste, Jake Withers are both just as solid, if not more solid, especially Trevor Baptiste. I believe in him a whole bunch. He's been consistent no matter what, even on the very inconsistent team. But my only miss on this was really Max Adler. He had a career 58%, and his best was 64%. And I had him at four. Um, Yeah, you know, I mean, I have kind of missed on Connor Farrell, too. I had him at three. He did a lot better from 19 to 20. Not great, but, you know, he's not too far off either. But definitely Max Adler was someone who has not been able to play to what he's been able to play to, and he's even been taken out as well. Moving on to the LSM, this is when it gets a little bit harder to, depends on like how you play and if you give your defenseman points. Um, Scott Ratliff, you know, could be number one if you play with points, just because that's just the way he plays. Um, But number one, my number one was right, just because Nardella boosts his value like there's no tomorrow. Michael Earnhardt, Earnhardt's at one, just because of ground balls, easy to say. Um, Troy Ray actually took over the number two because I had him at six because I kind of had him tied for six with Matt Reese. Matt Reese actually picked up a short stick this season. So I didn't know that Troy Ray was going to take the reins all by himself. Um, if I had known that I might've bumped him up a little bit more, um, just because both their numbers were outstanding. I just wasn't sure who they were going to go with. So they ended up going with Troy Ray. Matt Reese picked up the short stick. Matt uh, Troy Ray is number number two, LSM through week two. Then we had John Sexton at three. I had him at three. He's super reliable. That Redwoods defense in general is super reliable. That's what they're known for. That's their staple. So expect more out of those those top three. Solid no matter what. Next we had Reese Eddy. I didn't even have him ranked. Uh, so I was kind of surprised to see him on this list. Um, He's had great numbers in general, so I would, not that I don't believe in him, but again, small sample size, I wouldn't rush to start picking him up. And at five, if you have points, if you play with points, he's got four points on the season, Scott Ratliff. I had him at two. Right now, he's at five, so I don't really think that was much of a miss, but I definitely think that it could have been a little bit better. The only one who I really think I missed on was Eli Salam. I had him at five. He really hasn't hasn't been playing to what he's been, you know, up to what I thought he was going to be able to do. And then particularly at defense, uh, close D that is, 
We have Brody Merrill. I didn't even have him ranked. I really wasn't sure how much he was going to do. Again, you know, he's seconds away from retiring at any moment, it feels like. But every year he comes back, and every year he continues to deliver. He's been, fantasy-wise, above and beyond the, the number one. So Brody Merrill, easy number one. I didn't even have him ranked. That was a major miss by me. Uh, number two, I have at Garrett Apple. I had him at one, so not too far off. Again, you know, that Redwoods defense, extremely reliable. Garrett Apple's, you know, the workhorse of that. Um, he's the biggest, strongest, going to take your best matchups, and he's probably going to take the ball. Next, we have Jack Rowlett. Rowlett's been doing extremely well, even though the chaos, you know, I haven't been particularly um, amazing. You know, they spend a lot of time in their own uh, defensive side of the field, so tough to see sometimes. But Jack Rowlett continues to play well no matter what. Uh, same thing with Blaze Reardon. You know, it's it's that volume that he – there we go. That's the, that's the word I'm looking for. It's that volume that he gets that really boosts up their, their um, fantasy value. Next we have um, Go Brech. So I didn't even really know much about him. He was not ranked. Uh, but he's been doing extremely well. I believe he's on the Archers. He's got fucking calves like there's no tomorrow. He has been a fucking animal. So nice to see some guys coming in that, you know, haven't have kind of flown under the radar when it comes down to publicity going into the PLL. Another guy who's like that is Pulver, Jake Pulver, I believe. Uh, I didn't have him ranked, but he has been outstanding for the Cannons. Him as well as... um. Another defensive guy who we'll get to, but he's a short stick, have been outstanding. He's a definitely a guy who you need to pick up if you, if you have not already. Um, his numbers in general, the Cannons' defense has, has honestly been really good. You know, Mero's on this list, Pulver's on this list. We have another Cannons guy for the short stick. So their numbers on defense have been really good. Morocco's a top two goaltender currently. So interesting to see. Didn't really expect that out of a brand new team, though, to be honest. At four, we have um, Jared Newman. So Newman, obviously, you know, is that two-way threat who you really do have to worry about. He's out, outstandingly athletic. Right now, he's at five. I had him at four. Not too much of a miss. But my really only miss has been uh, McMahon at three. His defensive abilities have been have been good. But it's just his fantasy value hasn't been there. So tough to see. We'll see if it if it continues. But I feel like defense more than offense, you can really tell, at least when it comes down to the, the top and the defense, I feel like these guys can be a little bit more reliable than some of the – and I wouldn't even say it's the higher guys on the list right now for like the offensive midfielders and the attack. But I think it's just guys below them playing better than the guys – <clears throat> on top of them while i think that these guys are the staple of their defense uh there's really not much like rotation with them at all so i would really expect them to come out and then one last actually defense uh close to you guy is liam burns i didn't have him ranked he's on the water dogs he's been doing really well i don't even, i i didn't even see him until i made this list he's got some outstanding stats um Really not sure too much about him, but his numbers are great. So he's he's definitely worth at least a look. And then moving on to the short stick midfielders, our last um our last section. So starting off with the guy who I was 
Afro mentioning was Goodrich. I didn't even have him ranked. He's been fucking outstanding. Um, you know, there's not much to say. He won Defensive Player of the Year in the MLL, and he's a short stick defensive midfielder. So that's how astute that this guy is. He's absolutely outstanding. So if you haven't picked him up already, his numbers fantasy-wise and him defensively on the field-wise is just second to none. Steven DiNapoli, I had a four. He's right now at number two. He really only had one good game, especially when it comes down to points. Um, I wouldn't you know, shy away from picking him up, though, but he's definitely been someone who you can look at. But again, small sample size, and of the small sample size, he's really only been the one outstanding game. Someone who I mentioned before was um, uh, Matt uh, Matt Reese. So he's now a short stick defensive midfielder. Um, yes, yeah, so I mean he's he was already good as a long stick midfielder, and now he's good as a short stick midfielder. So the transition happened. I think that the small sample size just proves that he can make the transition, and I would expect that to continue forward. Jack Neer took over the short stick midfielder for the um, Redwoods. Nick Asello retired, so I would definitely hammer Jack Neer if you haven't already. And then Mark Lassini, uh, again, you know, it's the chaos thing. Uh, volume equals points, more or less. And another guy is Ian McKay. He had two two-pointers as an LSM, uh, just to point out in general. Um, so he went from a short stick offensive midfielder, got traded for Connor Kelly, or Connor Kelly got traded for him, however you want to look at it. And then they gave McKay a long stick and said, hey, fucking figure it out. And he's at least fucking figured it out for at least one game. So his stats defensively aren't stellar, but he's been able to go out there and at least fucking put balls in the back of the net. So he's got two two-pointers out of that one game. He's at least someone to put on your watch list. So overall, I think I did a decent job uh, for this pre-year rankings. It's really the the guys who came in from the MLL and maybe a couple of draft guys that had me a little wavery on on my uh, my top fives at least. Um, you know, can't wait for this weekend. Hopefully, some great lacrosse, and uh, yeah, I'll fucking see you guys on.